Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, September the 22nd. And welcome to our commentary. I have to say a quick thing. This weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, of course, begins these last 10 days of the baseball season. And this particular year for the Texas Rangers is going to be a lot of fun. So I will be watching baseball quite a bit, keeping track of games quite a bit here over the last uh, 10, 10 days of of the season. Then, of course, what happens after that? Well, it depends on who makes the postseason and who doesn't. And we're certainly hoping that uh, the Rangers make uh, the postseason. They're in it. I mean, they're in the fight. So they have a, as good a chance as, as anybody. One quick note that I wanted to begin the theory today is that there was a big political shift in the city of Dallas. Mayor Eric Johnson uh, decided today to switch parties. Now, It's an interesting situation because when you run for mayor of Dallas, you do not run uh, designated with a party. You know, you don't have a Democrat officially running against a Republican, as is the case, let's say, in the Senate or the House or for governor or whatever it may be. They're they're supposed to be nonpartisan. But usually people have a reputation in one party or the other. For example, Mr. Johnson, Mayor Johnson, had been a Democrat member of the state legislature before. So he was known as a Democrat, but he was known as a very moderate Democrat and someone who had worked uh, intensely with Republicans in in the House where the Republicans have a majority. Well, he decided to switch parties. Uh, Again, it it won't affect him as mayor because the the mayor doesn't have a party, but it could affect his potential uh, political chances uh, down the road. He wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal announcing the change. And basically, uh, I would really recommend that you read the article. He went through uh, some of the reasons, and and you can kind of reduce it to one thing, and that is that he believes, and I think he's 100% right, that Democrat policies are failing the cities, that cities under Democrat control are simply not progressing. And, you know, whether it's crime, whether it's public education, whether it's investment, uh, whether it's losing population, whatever the case He's looking at uh, at Democrat cities and saying, you know what, Democrat policies are not working. And I think it's time to give these policies uh, or try something different. And maybe the Republicans have a few better ideas. So I think it's a fascinating change. It's going to I mean, he's going to get a lot of national attention because of this, of course. What political future he has, um, I'm going to guess I'm going to guess that he's uh, he could be a candidate for governor in 2026. I mean, it's a long shot because there's others who I'm sure are further along the the political game that he is, but he's going to get a lot of uh, a lot of national attention, a lot of national interviews. And hopefully, hopefully people listen to what he's saying. And what he's basically saying is Democrat policies are not working in cities. And all you got to do is look around, whether it's Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, New York, Minneapolis, you know, Milwaukee. I mean, just go across Chicago, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, L.A. I mean, they're just not working. Uh, Look what's happening in San Francisco. I mean, that's almost a like exhibit A of Democrat policies not working. Look at the crime figures in many of these cities. Look at the, the police officers that they are losing. Well, the mayor of Dallas is saying that's not working and we need to try something different. And he's right. He's right. So hopefully when he goes out 
and and does these interviews with national uh, interviews and so on, he talks about this and he gets questions about this. And hopefully Democrats are listening to what he's saying. Because this is not, you know, Mayor Johnson, Eric Johnson is not, not a crazy guy. He's not a, a, uh, a loud mouth. He's not a screamer. He's a pretty smart guy, actually. And sort of a quiet kind of person, the kind of person that I think you would want to have in your party, or definitely the kind of person you want to listen to uh, if you want your party to go. So Eric Johnson, now a Republican, mayor of Dallas. Now, people are saying, how is that going to work out since most of the Dallas County is Democrat? Yeah, he'll, he'll have a few problems, but he was having problems already with the budget and, and other things. So, you know, it's not like he wasn't having problems before. But now that he's a Republican, though, he's going to have one big man on his side, one very big man on his side. And that's the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, who has a lot of power and who can make his life very easy as the new Republican mayor of Dallas. So we wish him well. He's a good man. Eric Johnson, he's a good man. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Whatever his future is, I think he's got a lot of future ahead of him. I think he's in, a man maybe in his 40s. So he's a young man uh, with a lot of a lot of future ahead of him. Now, talking about Another situation, let me talk a little bit about Paxton, the, the case of the Attorney General Paxton. As you know, a week ago, they acquitted him. And I think what it basically came down to two things. Number one, the presentations that both sides made were pretty incredible. I mean, the, 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 the presentation against Paxton was weak. They didn't really do a good job explaining what they were accusing him of. I also think they had too many articles, and I, that ended up confusing people. Way too many articles, uh, 16 articles. That's crazy. They, they should have just focused on two or three, and I think their presentation would have been more sensible. But 16, that's way too many. I think after a while, people didn't know whether we were talking about Article 6 or Article 4. On the other side, I think the defense of the, of the attorney general by his defense team was excellent. I mean, they were very, very good. In, in a sense, tearing down the accusations. And I think that's what gave a lot of Republicans the opportunity to, to say, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to reverse an election and push him out of, push him out of office. You know, Paxton is very popular in Texas. So a lot of these Republican senators were really going against their base. And so they needed a, a way of listening to the evidence and then a way of getting out. So they could vote. They could vote for his acquittal, and I think Paxton's defense team provided that for them because the defense presentation was just absolutely excellent, much better than the, the other accusation. Well, I have a post over at the American Thinker this morning talking about what is happening in Mexico with these migrant trains. You know, I'm sure you've seen the video. These uh, trains, you know, with migrants sitting on on top of them headed to, to North America or to the border. And the fact that they've created chaos in Mexico because some of the train routes have had to be stopped and canceled because, you know, some people are, you know, when that many people are hanging on to a train, somebody's going to get killed and many will, or some, somebody's going to get injured and many did. So 
it's been a real problem in, in, in Mexico. And the question continues to, to be, why is Mexico tolerating this? Why is Mexico tolerating this flow of people through their country? And this is a question that I think people need to ask uh, whoever the future president of Mexico is going to be. They're going to have elections next year. But people need to have this conversation in Mexico. Mexicans need to have this conversation. You know, do we want our country to turn into what it has turned into, which is an avenue of human trafficking? Is that good for Mexico? I don't think so. You know, when I talk to my Mexican friends, they're very concerned about the impact that this is having on on legality and the chaos that it creates in, in Mexico. So I believe very strongly that uh, the president of the United States has to sit down with the president of Mexico and end this stuff. And the, the number one way you end it, at least in the short term, is to close the border and simply say no more, no more, not a single asylum uh, request as of today, no more. We're going to you know, freeze. We're going to stop this for about a year or so, and we're going to process the people we have and see who qualifies or doesn't. And then, you know, we'll open up uh, the possibility down the road. And I think that could go a long way towards slowing down these trains and, and these masses of people who are coming up here. Look, these people are not coming up here on their own. Somebody's putting them on the train. Somebody's telling them that there's a train leaving and somebody is getting them through Mexico. And that's the part that I think that uh, the United States is going to have to come down very hard on Mexico and say, you have to stop this. You have to stop this flow of people to your country. If you have to close your southern border, whatever you have to do, you have to you have to stop it. I have a post uh, will be out tomorrow talking about the new dress code in the U.S. Senate. They've, they've done something I never thought they would do, which is they've changed the dress code. They're allowing now senators to dress any way they want to. So you've got this gentleman from, from Pennsylvania, Senator Fetterman, who dresses with tennis shoes and shorts. I mean, he looks like he looks like he's going to the gym. That's kind of what I look like when I go to the gym, you know, tennis shoes, you know, shirt and uh and shorts. That's kind of what I look like when I go to the gym. But we're talking here about the US Senate. We're not talking here about the gym. And the fact that this man is allowed to dress like that, the fact that the Democrats were willing to change the dress code just to satisfy this man is a bit crazy to me. Now, the good news is that there is a bipartisan group of senators who are saying, no, 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 we have to have a dress code. We cannot do that. You can, this, is not, this is the U.S. Senate. You cannot dress like that. So hopefully, hopefully they, they take it back to what it used to be, which is you wear a suit and tie, or you, you know, you've got some kind of a business look when you walk into the into the floor of the U.S. Senate. Again, it's the U.S. Senate we're talking about. You know, you got to have more dignity here than uh, than walking in with shorts and and tennis shoes. Senator Menendez, by the way, was indicted today. He's a senator from New Jersey. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when we chat with uh, Bill Katz, who's from New York, right next door. We'll talk a little bit more about that on Monday, but that's a big, that's a big Democrat involved in accusations of bribery and all kinds of things. Pretty serious, pretty serious accusations. And on this day in history, on this day in 1993, we knew at the beginning of the season that Nolan Ryan would be pitching in his last uh, season. He had said he wasn't going to, that this was going to be his last season. What we didn't know was 
that the game today on this day in 1993 would end up being his last game. And that's because he got hurt in the first inning. He didn't get out of the first inning, had an arm injury in the first inning, and that was the end of Nolan Ryan's career. So it ended on this day in 1993. A lot of us were hoping back then, back in 1993, that Nolan would make it to the last game of the season because that year they were closing the ballpark and the next year they were going to open a new one. But Nolan didn't make it. His arm just gave out on him on this day in 1993. And it was a very sad ending, really, to an otherwise unbelievable career. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. We'll talk to you later. And have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.